Welcome to Running is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. This is episode 95, and we're talking about falling over, heat stroke, shit marathons, toe yoga, and I actually did a race. Yeah, but enough about you, let's talk about me. I want to talk about batteries. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's just, look, whenever I look up how long batteries are supposed to last, in a heart rate monitor specifically, they say it could easily be years, all right? Why does my heart rate monitor kill a battery in two months? I get through so many fucking batteries, it runs out all the time, and it spends 75% of that time telling me the battery is low. Why are batteries shit, and or why is my heart rate monitor shit? Where are you getting your batteries from? Is it like Asda, Smart Price, battery? Reputable suppliers. Okay, okay. That doesn't sound quite right, does it? Two months. The, those kind of batteries, like a CR2032, I think they're pre- they're basically standard. It's not like mm. your double A's, which can be good or shit. I think these are pretty much standard. They just do, they're all the same. And I, you know, I looked up actually, I thought it occurred to me, why aren't rechargeable heart rate monitors a thing? Because that mm. sounds like it should be really sensible to me. And... When I was looking up that, I found a list of the best ones you can buy. And the best one on this list was is the one that I have. And it says it's got a 400-hour battery life, which is fucking bollocks. I reckon I'm getting 32 hours out of mine over the two months. That's, that's not right, though. Like, four hours running a week over two months is about 32 hours. I do not get 400 fucking hours out of it. That's, that's not right, surely. I mean, yeah, there's a reason why you don't get rechargeable heart rate monitors because you don't you shouldn't really need to recharge it you shouldn't really like need to be bothered about that but like a what you know a watch is essentially rechargeable you don't replace your batteries in a watch every couple of months you plug it in why can't i plug in my heart rate monitor why is why is that not a thing why is that not standard i don't know why are we still using fucking batteries because it's meant to last longer than two months just like you don't have a rechargeable remote control for your tv <laughs> but why not that know. would be better than batteries surely than replaceable batteries that you're throwing away, filling up landfill. I don't think I've ever replaced the batteries in my remote. Why isn't everything rechargeable? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm detaching the heart rate monitor thing from the strap every time I'm not using it. So it's not using up power when it's not being used. And that just pisses me off. It's a thing that pisses me off, which is what this podcast is about, if you weren't aware. Yeah. Batteries in this case. Fuck's sake. (laughs) Usually here, we'd catch up from the last episode. We didn't really have many comments on that. So we'll move straight on to the tea update. Ooh. No one cares. Was anyone listening last time? Like... <laughs> I don't know, probably. They downloaded it, they didn't listen, that's fine. I've had a couple of comments as well that people say they really hate the uh, jingle for this, or like the little sting. It's kind of the slurping noise right in their headphones. Oh. So, you know, sorry about that. It's probably but, why they're not listening you know. anymore. Your problem, not mine. Uh, this podcast is partnered with Bird and Blend Tea, where we tell you what tea we're drinking. If you like the sound of that or want to have a browse yourself, you can head to runningsbs.com forward slash tea, click our links, and buy some tea if you want. As a bonus, you can enter the code tea is not BS at the checkout. You'll get free chocolate digestive tea. That Ooh, is good, isn't it? It's a very good tea as well. Very good. Gabby and I got in touch and said, So I just made tea in quotation marks, in scare quotes. Boiled water, poured water, etc, etc. Waiting for my lovely at Bird and Blend tea to brew. Liquid stays rather anemic in colour. A concerned closer look shows that I had not added any tea. Post 24 hour racing tiredness is BS. How long did it take to realise there was no tea in it? You think it looked rather anemic. What you mean it was just water? To and you, fa- had to have a, you had to have a closer look at it. To be fair, a lot of my teas are very anemic because you know I'm a quick 
in and out, quick tea bag dipper. You're a dipper, yeah. I'm, I'm a dipper. The other day, I accidentally made myself a cold tea. I don't know whether anyone's done that thing where you click the kettle on and the kettle's not actually plugged in. Because we've got a coffee machine now, so you sort of have to unplug the kettle or the toaster or the coffee machine and like there's only two plugs it all becomes very complicated so the kettle wasn't plugged in made my tea went through to my office sat like let the tea sit for the designated time it needed to cool down went to drink it freezing cold and there there's no more of a disgusting taste than freezing cold tea when you expect it to be warm you didn't notice the water wasn't hot when you poured no, it. No. And then carried it through. I, I was like, I was busy. Extra. Like, I was probably talking to Freya or something or doing something else. I wasn't paying, obviously wasn't paying attention. <laughs> it was gross. Wow. Not, this is no reflection on Bird and Blend. It wasn't gross because of that. And if I had made it a cold brew, cold brew purposefully, it would have been amazing. But it's the fact I was expecting warm tea and it was freezing. Ugh. I have a, a related kettle mishap story. Uh, wherein my sister-in-law just poured herself some tea, drank it, and wasn't until afterwards she was told that in the kettle that she had just used to pour her tea was sulfuric acid <gasps> that was descaling the kettle. <laughs> she had to be driven to A&E. Sit. She's fine. Did she, act- did she go to A&E? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she drank sulfuric acid. <laughs> but she went to A&E. She is absolutely fine. I think they, I think, obviously, I guess it was so dilute the time it had gone through, it was, you know, completely fine. She didn't do any serious damage or anything, but we are going to make that joke every time we're there now. Oh, my goodness. You sure there's no sulfuric acid in the kettle? Oh, Fucking hell. Why'd they leave the kettle there while they descaled it? Why'd they move it to a different location? There are so many questions. <laughs> there are so many questions around that. I mean, it's not, this, you know, it's not her fault. She just put in the kettle on, you know, you don't expect it. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Uh, back to the tweet. Uh, just wait, Gabby. Now I just slipped in the end there. Post twenty four hour racing tiredness. The humble brag is yeah, there at the yeah. end, which oh. is actually what the point of this tweet was. Yeah, really. of course, of course. Let's see if we can try and get the fact in that I ran twenty four hour race in the most convoluted way possible <laughs> into a funny story. Yeah, yeah. Amy, what are you drinking? I have so winter autumn. And although I drink autumn teas all year round because they're my favourites, mm-hmm. but I have, yes. you know, I've got another seasonal one this this week. Wait, sorry, is autumn better than winter? <sighs> I would say is there so. A difference? It, is it like is it like fashion? Is it is it autumn winter and then spring summer? So autumn is, I think, is slightly smokier in taste. Mm-hmm. Christmas sort of with, with Christmas teas we're talking about really. Like winter teas tend to be yeah. a bit more spicy. I don't know. Okay, okay. You know, and then summer and spring, very fresh, lots of floral sort of tones to it. But yeah, so I do prefer a nice autumn tea. So I have Campfires and Vampires. Nice. Did you buy that purely for the name? I did, yeah, yeah. It, that That's what got my attention. Perfect, no, perfectly acceptable. But it's got wafts, wafts, wafts. Very, very normal, wafts. It's got wafts of cinnamon, rose and cloves in a gently spiced green tea. Ooh. It's very, very nice. It's really nice. Like when I the smell of it is kind of a bit medicinal. I think it's like the cloves and stuff, but it's amazing. It tastes really, really good. Oh, nice, unusual. Yeah, it is. It's an unusual taste. It may not be everyone's taste, so maybe audience. If you're not sure, order yourself a little pouch because it is a very, very particular taste. So you're even gonna. It's like a probably like a marmite thing. You're even gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. There'll be no in between. So yeah, it's but it's good. What are you drinking this week? I haven't had a marmite tea yet. That'd be interesting. <gasps> Bird and blank, get on it. Basically Bovril, isn't it? Yeah, and those people who drink Bovril are savages. Like, what? We're not in 
1845 going down a mine. Like, what the hell? So, you know, there's, there's people who work in offices that I know that drink bovril at work. I like, just put a bit of bov, like they're having a cup of tea. Like, oh, is that a, is that a tea? No, it's a bovril. Like, no, mate, no. Yeah, I'm watching football in 1952 yeah. with my flat cap and rattle. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, you know, I, I remember Morrison's used to do their own version of that, and I remember the little jar of it was basically like Marmite in every way, but it was called Meaty Drink. Oh, Meaty Drink. <laughs> Gross. Those are two bad words on, on no, food, isn't it? No, no, no. Meaty and drink. No. So nonspecific. <laughs> what is specific is the tea I'm drinking, and that is pumpkin spice. Oh. I'm on the sticky chai, because it's October now, so we have, we have to be drinking that. Mm. Uh, the pumpkin spice sticky chai, which I've just learned, doesn't contain pumpkin. Perhaps I should buy some pumpkin and put some in the tea just to see what that tastes like. Probably a really dumb idea, which is probably why no one actually does it. But it's fantastic. Sticky chai I've mentioned before, it's amazing. It's in a little jar. All the chai, kind of the tea leaves and all the spices are stuck together with honey. So you need to kind of scoop it out there. And it's just lovely, sweet, spicy tea. Uh, one of pretty much my favourite tea out there. I love a chai tea. Get yourself some of that. Runningsbs.com forward slash tea. Do you know what? I listened to a podcast the other day. And finally, they started doing adverts. And the first one was for a drink that I did not give a shit about. And I skipped through like two minutes until I stopped talking about it. And I'm like, oh, there's a little <laughs> flash of self-awareness. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The worst, though, the worst is the podcast where they have the adverts from Spotify, like, come in. Like, so if you listen oh, on yeah. Spotify, like, Spotify inserts their own adverts. Because we're in Wales, I just get a load of people shouting at me in Welsh half the time. Just shouting. Oh, really? yeah, I get yeah. loads for a shopping centre in Bridge End. They're yeah. constant. <laughs> It's like, yeah, or, or like adverts that are aimed at young people, quote unquote. So it's like a load of memes and stuff in there that just sound why, really why awkward. Are they, why are they on your podcast? Why are you listening to? Well, th- this is the thing. Like, I listen to, to stuff like... Bad but, targeting there. I listen to stuff like Behind the Bastards and stuff like that, which is about, about the worst people in history and sort of the story behind them and things like that. Not really geared towards... Is that what Gen Z are listening to these days? Yeah, I don't think it is. I think it's just because it's Spotify. I really don't think these adverts are related to the actual podcast. I think it's just Spotify just putting in these adverts on every single podcast. Well, okay. Amy, what have you been up to? I did a race. You did a race! I actually did a race. Whoa! Well, I, I tried. I tried to do wow. a race. It, it kind of happened. Did you actually try? I, I Well, yes, I did try. Okay, Ooh. so I did the Clantwick Major 10K. Lovely race. Lovely, fairly local to Cardiff, so it wasn't that far to go. I did it with Jen Danger Harding, of course. Um, and it was like a time trial format. <clears throat> so depending on what time you put in for your estimated finish time... They sort of set you off with the slowest people going first and the fastest people going last. Mm -hmm. So we set off sort of every 15 seconds. Now, Jen entered this race ages ago. So she, and she was doing it as sort of a a road 10K time, whereas actually there was less, less than half a mile of road. The rest of it's all trail, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. So she put in one hour, two minutes for this race. But because it was a a time trial and we wanted to run together Jen was like oh just put in the same time and I knew I wasn't going to run it in that like it's a I don't think I'd run a road race in that time um at the moment just because I'm not going for I'm not doing fast training I'm doing lots Mm. of slow training with lots of walking and stuff but I put it in anyway because I thought it'll be fine um so we were sort of heading off mid-pack but we ended up pretty much being the last people to finish you know because because I think at the end I ran it in like an hour and 23 minutes or something Mm -hmm. Um, 
Oh, was there a stream to cross? Was that why? No, no, no. Because I, <laughs> I know that adds 10 minutes on, doesn't it? Oh, I, I ended up having to do a lot more walking than I thought because my calves were in agony. So over the last couple of weeks before the race, me and Jen started doing a lot of um, sort of elevation training in the mm. woods near us and stuff, like training for this ultra in um, in November. And my calves are just in bits. And I know I'm supposed to do foam rolling and all of that, but I haven't been. Yeah, of course I no. haven't been. Uh, and I started going back into work and my commute in- involves literally about seven miles of walking in total. I do over like the course of the day. So I'm, I'm on my feet a lot more. Lots oh, I, th- I thought you meant that was part of your commute was seven miles walk. Fucking well, hell. I'd say my my commute is probably about four or five miles in total. God. Yeah, like it's a lot. I end up doing a lot of walking as part of my commute. This is why I need to learn how to drive. <laughs> like, you know, when people was, yeah. when, uh, when older people say, we had to walk 10 miles to the bus stop and get there. Like, that's me. That is literally, I'm yeah. living that reality. Um, so yeah, so it was a lot of time on feet plus a lot of training with elevation that because I live in Cardiff, I don't really do on my normal runs. So by the time we got to the race, my calves were so tight and in so much agony from the moment I started running. So it was a shame really. It was one of those frustrating things because it was a really, really runnable course. So it's trail, but they're really nice trails that are like proper footpaths and a bit of the coastal path as well. There were some hills, but apart from one very, very steep hill, you could probably run run the hills you know they weren't ridiculous um so I was really frustrated because I was like even on the flat I was having to stop and walk every sort of few minutes so um that was a shame but so you so so yeah so we were like I think we were the last but one people to finish obviously we weren't on the results we were you know we were fine on the like the final results but we were last but one and when we came back into the town and obviously all the um, the marshals were like clapping us and stuff. As we're rounding the corner to get to the finish line, we can hear one marshal behind us like, is that the last of them? Like, that. <laughs> they had somewhere to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is that the last of them? I was like, all right. You can just wait till we're out of earshot. <laughs> like, Jesus, yeah. Felt a bit... Um, if we just set off, like, as part of the slower runners, it would have been fine. We would have been... Yeah. I, I did feel like we were making people wait. <laughs> But but yeah, oh, it was a really 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 nice 10k. I really recommend anyone who's you know sort of in South Wales can get to it easy. Definitely, if they do it next year, do it. It's fantastic. I think it was only twenty pounds or something to enter, and you get a really what? you get like pretty nice t-shirt. It's purple, purple, purple t-shirt, nice. purple and yellow. Uh, a really nice big medal, which was nice. Um, and the the mayor of Clampway Major gave us our medal and then Jen's like, should we have our picture taken with them? I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, why not? Of course. <laughs> so it's just this picture of us with the mayor and we just look like, I don't know, I, I'm really laughing because it's just really bizarre. <laughs> but it's like, we've won, you know? <laughs> yeah, well done. Those are your first and second place medals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was like a really, like, I think we're going to do that now whenever we do a race where there's like a local mayor or, or politician or somebody there we're gonna, we're gonna have a picture taken with them at every race or just find someone kind of middle-aged who looks important yeah. who looks like they're kind of they're kind of well-dressed and they look quite stern yeah that's the person you have a photo taken with and just pretend this is a local celebrity yeah give them a big chunky necklace to wear and, yeah. and we'll be fine but yeah it, it was a really really nice route really nice route nice and runnable i saw from the results some people were doing really fast times even though it was on on trail there were some really fast times coming out of that so yeah it was it was fantastic 
Um, I haven't run in a week since because my calves are so sore. Like, I'm going to go and have a go tomorrow going for a run. But I've, like, fucked up my calves, man. It's not a strain yet. It's not... But it will be. It'll be a strain or a tear if I'm not It's not a strain. It's just training. Oh, no. I mean, I... It's just doing a few hills, which you're not used to. I tried going out. It was just a few hills. It's a lot for me. I tried going out for a run the other day just on the flat. And my legs was, like, in agony. I just couldn't carry on. It's just, yeah... You're not going to go for a sports massage? I should do. I know I should do. I know. but We I'm... could put a camera on your face the whole time. We'll just record the audio. I know it's going to be painful. I need to get the foam oh, yeah. roller out. I've got a foam ro- roller no. in a cupboard somewhere underneath a load of shit. So I need to get Get a massage out. gun. Those are lots more fun. Right. Yeah, I, I just, I need to do something. I've been, I've been stretching the last two days. But I probably should have stretched. You won't get anywhere with that. Stretching. I know, I know. So yeah, climate major 10k. Very, very good. Really recommend it. People were really friendly and great as well. So all the marshals were really lovely, and yeah, it was it was really good fun. How did you find like the time trial start format? It was, it was funny. So because uh, it was fifteen seconds apart, they, we did and we did say so. Janet emailed the organisers <clears throat> for the race and explained that we're not going to do it in an hour, or two minutes. And they said, you'll probably get a chance to start earlier. And then when we got there, they were really strict about it. They were like, oh, and they, they did say, they were strict as in like, no, you can't go earlier. But at the same time, we're like, this is a community event. Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter how long it takes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So they were, they were nice. But um, but they did, when we were queuing up, so we sort of, we all got ourselves into like an order. You can see on everyone's bibs how, mm-hmm. what time they're starting. Um so Jen was supposed to go just before me, I think, and I was supposed to go afterwards. <laughs> then when we got there, we were like, oh, can we set off together? And they were like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. fine <laughs> so they yeah. let us run together, so we didn't have to, I wasn't having to like sprint to catch it with Jen. The time trial format would have been really good if we'd have set off for the time that we actually ran, because it was a bit disheartening, because obviously everyone was just overtaking us. The oh, people yeah. that were actually going to run it in an hour were overtaking us, and we did feel like... I, well, I don't know about Jen, but I felt like, oh God, I'm making like everyone wait for me. I'm walking up these hills thinking everyone is just waiting for me to, so they can all pack up. But I think if we'd have started off like the 20 minutes earlier, it would have been quite nice to be finishing not sort of last. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, I thought yeah it was it's, good. A, it's an interesting format. I, I seem to remember, yeah, them doing that. And I've not really heard of another race that does it. I suppose it does, it means you don't have a mass start. I'm not sure is I'm not sure if that's easier or harder to deal with. I suppose if you haven't got much room, it's good. And also, yeah, it does actually condense the finish time as well, doesn't it? Because you haven't got like people finishing in 35 minutes and people finishing an hour and a half. Mm. They all kind of that squeezes that in together. So actually, it's probably a little less. It's probably a little easier at the finish line. So it's not. It's not. It's an interesting idea for a race. I quite mm. like it. I think it may have come out sort of come about during COVID. I don't know whether they. I think they did one last year or the year before. They did have a race during COVID because I saw on their website the pictures pre-covid were of mass starts so i wonder whether it was because okay. of that to try and cut down on the on the mass start so and they found oh you know what that's a that's a unique thing about the race why not keep it yeah 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 i like it but I, I quite like stuff like that and i i like that you know you don't feel like if you're a slower runner it's nice not to finish dead last you know? yeah that's true you know when you're out there when you're out on the course sometimes it's just nice to to not be the last one back in you know hmm. yeah that's good well done. Thank you. <laughs> Did a race. You know, I tried to. How has your two weeks been? What have you been up to? Uh, I also did a race. It was a relay race and it was pretty good. I mean, it was longer than advertised. It was a different course. 
Uh, it was half an hour they originally scheduled, and we didn't notice until about 10 minutes before the start. There were no toilets on site, and the entering and the results processing uh, was absolute chaos. But it was quite good. Hmm. Apart from all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it took from getting in the car to getting out of the country park we're in, took about an hour as well, just oh, because had to queue up to pay, which took 20, 25 minutes, because in one machine... And then there was a queue to get out of the actual um, country park as well because everyone was leaving at the same time. So there was a lot of chaos on the day, mm. but but quite good. It ended up being about 5.6, 5.7K, which is an okay distance to run. But I, th- I found the main problem with it was when it came to looking at people's times, I'm looking through people's times and like, oh, this person did 21 minutes 13. I'm like, is that... Is that good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've no idea. If it's 5.7K. I don't know. I kind of had to look, you know, I tried to equate it to a 5K time to see. But it was, it's really difficult then to, to realise if people had actually, like, done well. I mean, obviously, mm. if, it didn't, if it did well, it was a real air race. It didn't really matter. We weren't going to win it. But that made it quite tricky because I'm like, I don't know what a good 5.7K time is. It's just because it looks, you think, oh, it's almost a 5K. But then you see a really, really quick runner doing 20 minutes. And you think, well, that's not very good. Mm. But it was good. Mm. Um, so that was fun. Now, you know, a relay is always good. I raced a guy through about two thirds of it, and I did. I did the most pathetic kick you have ever seen in your life. Like towards the last corner, I go around the corner, and I just got like half an inch ahead of him, and then just immediately faded, and then he went past. <laughs> and it was just so pathetic. I'm like, I'm gonna go. Oh no, I can't. That's it. I've done. And I think it's the way I usually run. I, I don't leave anything for a, a sprint finish because mm-hmm. I just found that if I did a really big sprint finish, everything would just hurt too much. Mm-hmm. So I just run as hard as I can. Ideally, I get to like empty on the finish line. I'd rather not save anything. And I, was, I had a word with the guy at the end. He goes, oh, I thought you were going to go for me at the end because he, he said you had a few little surges in the middle. I said, yeah, that's where all my energy went. Yeah. I, don't, I don't sprint finish. <laughs> It was really, really pathetic. And one of my favourite parts of it was, uh, it's a relay event, but the seniors, so under 35s, had four in in the team. The over 35 uh, age group teams had three. And one of our runners came in, in the 55s team. Mm. And he did the best sprint finish of the whole day. It's him and another guy, properly toe-to-doe. Again, not toe-to-doe, obviously, because they'll be running into each other. But properly right next to me, neck and neck. That's a better mm. phrase. Um, massive sprint finish, really straining to the line. And I think our guy just beat him. But the best thing about it was the other guy was on a senior team, which means he then had another run a go. So, like, they weren't racing for anything. They were in... <laughs> that wasn't a race. They weren't racing against each other because yeah. one had three in the team, one had four in the team. So it made no difference whatsoever <laughs> to the results. So I'm like, well, you know what? Good for them. Yeah. It's good. To, you know, and they could have started five minutes apart as well. But, you know, <laughs> it looked great on the finish line. That's the main yeah, thing. Yeah, that is the main thing. And I saw another guy come in, one of the really quick runners. And he was just, he had like, I've never seen someone with so much foam around their mouth. Oh like, I know, you know, you get a bit of like spit around the mouth and things. But like this guy looked like he had something really badly wrong. Like rabid. Like he'd eaten something very bad. Yeah, or got rabies. And he did this massive finish with all this foam out of his mouth. But then no one was behind him for like two minutes. I'm like, mate, who are you racing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to get away from? Well, if you you know, in the later stages of rabies, you do get hallucinations and stuff. So. Yeah, perhaps he had people chasing him <laughs> yeah. in his mind. God, that was... So yeah, that was a good fun event. A relay event is always good fun. I just need to know for next time, you can actually pay in advance, but a day before uh, paying on the day in that location is, is bad. Ugh. Um, I also, uh, the other day, I went to do the Raven Walk, which is kind of a semi-marked kind of path around Caerphilly County. It's one of these 
kind of walks that get set up and then kind of quietly abandoned as mm. so many do that you know there's markers and there's waypoints around but there's you know you would never ever rely on them i saw about seven or eight during the whole 20k mm. Oh, no, it was about 22k and it also turned out to be about 930 meters of elevation and i forgot how hilly that is yeah that's hilly yeah i i just you know i thought oh it's about a thousand meters of elevation yeah that's fine no problem and I, I just haven't done that in so long actually 22k i've only run over 20k once in the last five months Gosh. so yeah i really went for it the other day and also it's an fkt route so i'm like well fuck it i need to have a bit of a go at this don't i mm. uh, yeah i just i just forgot how hard <laughs> that is um it was a nice route i really enjoyed it it was nice um opening climb up through the woods and obviously you know you just kind of plod it out um nice runnable bits as well the worst bit of it obviously was that i got lost quite badly coming off um Macken mountain and i followed a path like a straight line path down the hill and it was a classic example of just because there's a path on the map doesn't mean there's a path mm-hmm. as i discovered because it was like lots and lots of bracken and I was going for quite a while where I could, there was a path under, I could see the path on the floor, narrow, but there was like six feet of bracken I had to like push out of the way. So I'm like pushing through, pushing through, and all of a sudden there's nothing under my feet. There's no path under my feet. I'm just standing on the bracken. Mm. And I just got completely lost in this kind of just shitty bracken. And as it turned out, bramble field as well. Nice. And so, because you, you know, you kind of, you know, you feel it, it's all across the path and you kind of push out of the way with your legs as you walk through. And sometimes what's across your leg is bramble. And you don't realise until you push it past and it rips your leg open. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I had that kind of thing. As I emerged from it, I had all my knees and shins were cut up and blood running down my her leg into my socks as well. And I kind of met some hikers on the way. They were coming around, kind of uh, seven or eight people. And I, was, I stopped and had a little chat to them. And I was like, I just kind of said, yeah, well, there's no path up to Mackin. So I don't know if there's a way you're supposed to get up there. And they look at that. Like, oh! oh are you okay i'm like yeah it's fine i'm just it's just for the drama it looks it's just a couple of scratches but i'm just in it for the drama really so yeah i lost you know a good 10 minutes just trying to fight my way through and it was just yeah just standing on and through the bracket no path whatsoever i have no idea where the path is supposed to be or even if there's a path there anymore i think it's one of those paths that just no one's ever done in years and years so i might have to go a different way if i do it you should have worn your orienteering socks i should have well i wasn't orienteering so well you sounds like you work <laughs> well yeah actually to be fair i was a little bit because i was like checking the watch i had my uh had the route on the phone as well just to double check where i was and just yeah some of it's really really unclear as i said it's, it's one of these marked walks that's not really well marked mm-hmm. at all so it's yeah you definitely need to take a map with you uh, i said it was an fkt i missed the fk there's it's only ever been done once by a woman so i thought well if i do it as a man that's an fkt <laughs> I I missed her time by two minutes, so I didn't actually get the overall one, uh, which is a shame. Mostly because at the end, there's just this huge climb. And I just, it was just one of those things. I was just walking uphill for 20 minutes. And as I got to the top of the hill, cows in the path. So I divert around these cows. And then I carried on going. And then right at the very top of the hill, by the gate, to kind of get onto the downhill section, more cows, just three of them just standing directly in front of the gate. So they didn't give a shit. I just walked around them. They were absolutely fine. And then I got a little lost going the wrong way down the hill because I wasn't sure what was a path and what was a mountain bike route. Mm. So I had to be sure and kind of went a little bit further. And I was just kind of glancing at my watch and realizing, shit, I'm not going to make 257 now. So I did it in 259, which is fine. And I might do it again. I might give it a go the other way because it's a loop route and there's no real right way as far as I can tell. Mm. So perhaps from the other way, perhaps the path up 
the mountain is a bit more obvious. But I'll give it a go again. But if anyone in South Wales wants a different kind of run, have a look at the Raven Walk on the fastest known uh, time website. It's good fun. Speaking of stupid things and stupid races that we've done and have signed up for, Amy, I've got a few questions for you. Yep. How many ultras have you run? Two. No, wait, wait. Yeah, two. <laughs> no, I, I was just thinking then, like, the when I did the, the Bristol Epic eight, eight hours, but I think I only did a, a marathon then. So, yeah, two. Only a marathon. Amy, how many ultras have you deferred or cancelled? Three. How many separate occasions? Three. Three? Only three. Amy, how many ultras did you just sign up for? <laughs> uh, six. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, okay, so you know I was saying how I haven't ran in a week because my calves are hurting so bad just from walking up some hills. <laughs> yeah, great lead up for those. So I yeah. thought the best thing to do would be to do a, like a really stupid big challenge, which is the Pegasus Slam, um, which is basically running every Pegasus ultra marathon in 2023. So like six events <laughs> across six months. So pretty much, pretty much spread out as well, one every month. Yeah, 220 miles in total. Which, yeah, that's okay. And then 23,515 feet of elevation. Oh. It's a lot, isn't it? That's I'm, a lot, I'm mate. looking at it now, it's a lot. And one event hasn't been announced yet. So there's one Ooh, that I need to sign One mystery event. Yeah, once it comes out, which is October, apparently they're going to announce it. It's so isn't it like three 30-milers, a couple of 40s and a 50, isn't it? Yeah, there's one 50. Uh, the new event is apparently going to be a 30-miler. Um mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm, wow. I think the 50 miler is along a canal, isn't it? Is that one along the canal or is that... I'm assuming? No, that's the, the <laughs> South Canaan Canal one. That's 40. That's 40. The 50, that's the beast is the yeah, 50. Yeah. That's the one in the heart of Wales, which is... <laughs> it's a beast. I don't even know what I've signed up for. I'm like, yeah, the 50 one's along the canal. It's fine. I was like, oh, no, it's you not. You signed up for six ultras. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. And then when I post on Instagram, people are like messaging me like, what are you doing? <laughs> Amy's having a crisis. I am having a crisis. I didn't run for a week because my calves hurt. And I'm like, oh, God. After a 10K? No, it wasn't after the 10K. It was like <laughs> accumulation of lots of hills. And I say lots of hills. Like I was, <laughs> I was like, these runs, I think it was like 1,600 feet of elevation that was in these runs. It wasn't even that much. Um, no. Yeah, so I'm doing that. It's fine. The thing is, as well, when you sign up for it, they announce it across all their social media that somebody's they signed do, yeah. up. So, so we've seen Pegasus in the little kind of uh, video. Amy, welcome to the Pegasus slam. <laughs> I'm like, chill out. She hasn't done it yet. She just paid you the money. She hasn't, oh, run, she hasn't done shit yet. The thing is as well, you know, I, I see these people signing up. There's loads of people signing up. But last year there were only seven finishers because obviously you got to do all the events to finish. Yeah. So I'm going to have a go at all of them. I mean, whether I, I'd love to finish all of them. But I think I'm definitely, I'm not deferring, I'm, I'm going to have a go. If I have to drop out halfway through, whatever, I don't care. But I need to be on the yeah. start line of every single one, for sure. At, at least if they are they are Pegasus, so you can defer easily. And you can, you know, there's no cut-off times. But, you know, I don't think you want to be out there for like 18 hours or 20 oh hours or God, something. No. So I think you'd rather, I, I would assume you'd rather drop out than be out for like 20 yeah. hours or something mad. Yeah, well, the thing is, because they're sort of one after each, another the main training is going to be from sort of now until april when the first one is and then oh, yeah. once you've run the the, so the first one's the south canon isn't it which is the 40 miler 
So yeah. I would have trained for 40 miles and it's just sort of maintaining training and not get thing is thing as well is not getting injured. So maintaining the training and not getting injured until the next month. I think it's this initial like block of training that's going to be the big thing. And then once I'm actually doing it, the main thing will just be not getting injured because I've already built up the training if I can just maintain it. Yeah, you know? I guess you want to try and make like try and normalize 20 miles, I guess. Yeah. Like make that a fairly normal, you know, a thing that you can kind of do without worrying too much, yeah. which is awful. But this, yeah, but yeah. I did do that. So we always joke about I don't train blah blah blah, but the last time I did the Vogum, I did I I was doing long runs. I was doing mm. like 18 milers. I think I did one 20 miler before that. I think I just needed to do more time on feet. I needed to be out for like 6 hours at a time a bit more. But other than that, I did properly train for that one. Um, yeah. So I can't, I know I've done it before. I can do yeah, it. Yeah. I just need to to actually do it. And, and to start soon in terms of the mileage rather than start like two months. I know this is something I can't just do two months before, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Get Jen to give you a lift somewhere properly hilly. This, do some, do some, do a few mountains as well. This is why my calves are fucked though. <laughs> well, your canal one, you're fine. Yeah. That's not a problem. Yeah, but exactly. the others are hilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the Vogum's fine. Like the Vogum's like... Yeah, like three right. hills or something like my my calves were fine after the program it's going to be yeah it's going to be the really hilly ones that are going to be the issue wow yeah so that, that's all we have uh, <laughs> for you guys coming up next year <laughs> amy's excuses yeah why why i didn't run. 2023 <laughs> six excuses across six months <laughs> why i didn't run 220 miles <laughs> So if anyone's doing Pegasus events next year, let us know. Amy will probably be there. Probably, yeah. Whether I'll be there the whole time or whether I'll just drop out within a few miles, I don't know. I'll be, I'll... You might be there at the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll see you in the car park and then you won't see me ever again. <laughs> wow. Well, to support this podcast and support Amy dropping out of six ultras in six months <laughs> next year, you can give us actual real life money at patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit. And we've got a shout out this week to new supporter Sandra Heinzer or Heinzer, don't know. Also, we've got mentions for Rachel's Bentley and Bullmore who bonded on Twitter over listening out for their own names and then getting excited when they hear Rachel and then being disappointed when it's the other Rachel. Uh, that's tragic, isn't it? Yeah, that's very sad. Tiny thrills in their lives that they have to experience. But maybe a lifelong friend has been found. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, this episode's supporters were... Charlie Neverson, Gail Seal, Amanda Murray, Kind Karen Blay, Rachel Bedley, Ruth KP, Kath Everard, Matt Burrows, and Robin, Lisa Gibbon, James Ladput, Matt Newbury, Rachel Bullmore, Ivor Hewitt, Liz Rees Martin, Kathleen Claire Dina, Vicky Robbins, Maria, Wits, Teddy Hurley, Goody Hillwell, Ian Thompson, Clark Gilmore, Max McCarty, Cassie Jones, Sam Wally, Raymond Quinton Jakes, Catherine Fenton, J. Julie Page, Brian Sinford, Sandra Heinzer, Drew Edwards, Elliot Line. Sophie Nichols, Nikki Gender Stewart, Stephen, Matt Jones, Matt Tate, Matt Jaziorski, Paul Hibbert, Viola, Greb, Lemartin, Kirk Shepard, Rich, Skirm, Victoria, Magnus, Karen, Hamilton, Leewood, Matt Caffin, Adam Ackerton, Penny Simpson, Adley Hat, Greg Collins, Matt Lease, David Irwin, Jonathan Carter, Gabby Thomas, Naya, Nisha Pan, Ian Hellsdown, Roberts, Victoria, Dick Van Sowell, Carl Fleming, Shambolic Adult, Kel Ryder, Magana, Angela Foster Swale, Bernadette McCarthy. Jason Spinks, AP, Cherry Grubs, Andy Nichols, H. Drift, Alton. 
Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Running is BS. Let us know why you particularly hate running this week. At Yellow Mag said, Marathon training and because you lazy slobs don't produce four hours of content a week, I'm having to go through the back catalogue. Surprised to discover Amy used to be a runner. <laughs> My origin story. <laughs> All kinds of things in the archives we'd forgotten about. Yeah, four years ago. Four years ago when I actually ran and it's just been a steady decline over those four years. Yeah, do you know, I saw on my Facebook memories this morning, it was four years ago today, 2018, when I asked on Facebook if anyone's got a microphone I could borrow oh. for a little idea that I had. Memories. 95 episodes later, Jesus. Katie messaged us on Instagram and said, Hello, I've only recently started listening to the podcast and despite not drinking tea, I still love it. Oh, just a little fast forward, isn't it? It's don't, no worries. Yeah. This week, falling over is bullshit. I was running a 20-mile race as my last long training run for the Yorkshire Marathon. First marathon. I fell over at mile 12. Physically, it wasn't too bad, although my hands still sting like a bitch. But I obviously cried like a twat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like a child, like falling over and grazing your hands and crying. Oh. Did you, do you reckon she fell, but took about five, six seconds and like... <laughs> <laughs> Carried on and sorted myself out. But my breathing and anxiety was all over the place afterwards. Cue intermittent crying and not being able to breathe for the next eight miles. Oh, Katie. <laughs> but I got it done. Included some injury pics for you, but they're nothing too bad. And a pic of me crying at the finish, getting back to my dog. Oh, thanks for the pod getting me through this awful fucking race. <laughs> I would have included the photos in the note, but because it's Instagram, once I've looked at them, they disappear. So uh, I couldn't do that. So sorry, Katie. Just describe it to us. Uh, it was just some like bloodied knees, you know, your standard ripped leggings, bloodied knees. And then, yeah, her running up to her dog with her arms out. It was very cute. So was that at the end of the training run, the crying and running yeah. up to the dog? Oh, Katie, you're a bit of a mess, aren't you? <laughs> no, that's nice. You must admit, it's nice sometimes. You've done a really long run. You just think, oh, I just want to get back yeah. to the dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. Aww. That is true. I'm sorry, Katie. That sounds horrific. <laughs> but you know what? If you fall over at mile 12, just go home. You don't have to finish your run. There's a lot of power in giving up. God, the sheer adrenaline keeps me running. I think I have like a bit of an opposite reaction. Rather than getting upset, I get like angry and like loads of adrenaline courses through me. And I just like, yeah, I get really irritated. <laughs> I just think how it's the usual thing of like, we give a lot of credit to people, to people who carry on through adversity. But I think the people who give up after adversity, they're the real heroes. Sometimes where I don't want to do a long run, I do hope that I'll fall over and really badly injure myself so I can just go home. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't get the social media credit for giving up. No. And you should do. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's it's braver in this social media oversharing world. Mm. <laughs> I've just created a new point for myself to to get passionate about. <laughs> uh, we had an email from Karen Hamilton who told us all about an event she was running, and it was moved from July to November. But because she lives upside down in Australia, that meant moving from winter into summer. And so the 11 a.m. start time started to look very dodgy. Uh, she said in this email, A couple of weeks out from the event, the long-range forecast started showing on that day with temperatures in the high 30s, possibly into the 40s. We watched day by day, praying for it to change. It didn't. Should we pull out? Was it safe? Was the event even going to run? Thankfully, about a week out, the event director saw sense and brought the start times way forward. The 23k started at 7am, with the long distances heading off before us. I saw quite a few comments begging for it to be made even earlier, which honestly I wouldn't have minded. I still ran it, but it was ugly. 
It's the closest I've ever come to DNFing a race as I was starting to get heat stroke at the halfway turnaround and had to sit for half an hour at the aid station to recover. I can't imagine trying to do that across the middle of the day. 11am start times are pretty bullshit, but so is running in 40 degree heat regardless of the time. Thanks as always, Karen. Uh, P.S. But why do you put milk in a mint tea? Let's do that in reverse order. We talked about Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster tea last week. It's not strictly a mint tea. It's not like your classic peppermint tea, which I'm putting milk in. It's a black tea, which has got a bit of mint in it. And so you put milk in because mm-hmm. it's, it's a black tea. You've got to put milk it's in like it. It's like you that's can just, have milk chocolate with mint in, you know, which I know some people hate as well. So I don't that's know. True. Just mint. But mint that's haters. why. Yeah. Um, also, yes, 11 a.m. start time. That's that's not a good time. That's a little too late. Half past 10 is probably the latest you can go on a morning a morning thing i think 11 a.m bit too late and also just the fact that november is summer i don't i if i move to the southern hemisphere it would take me decades to get used to that i i was gonna i was gonna say a lot of this is your fault karen for living in australia oh yeah absolutely i mean yeah. it's only the spiders and snakes chasing you that i'm sure made you finish you know yeah, well the magpies as <laughs> yeah yeah swooping down 40 degrees out. And from what I've seen over the last few years, Australia, is, well, like the rest of the globe, is just getting hotter and hotter and hotter. So we're going to get to the yeah. point in five years' time where we're having to start races at like 1am to beat the 50, 60 degree heat. <laughs> well, think, and you won't need a head torch because everything will be lit up by the fires anyway. Yeah, yeah. you probably shouldn't joke about that because there probably will be wildfires. There's pretty much wildfires in Australia every year now. It's so hot, yeah. isn't there? So And across yeah. Europe. Right, yeah. Yeah, everything everything's terrible. <laughs> We've also had an email from Ian who says, Dear Stuart and Amy, I'm on the Joe Nimble German marketing email list. What is that? Probably off the back of some Strava challenge. Though rather than unsubscribe like a normal person, I let them be. Ugh. Only I get this beauty yesterday with the subject line oh, here we go. Volume Zellenfeiheit for does Luffen training which east yeah yeah got that loosely translated as why toe freedom is important while run training toe freedom <laughs> innocuous enough i thought perhaps it's talking about going up one size on running shoes to stop toe crushing but no it goes on to elaborate with oh fucking hell toga unbungen yoga for dein zeihen that being toga lessons, yoga for your toes, as a Gosh. long lead-in to try and flog you some resistance bands for your big toes. What? Yep, that's some bullshit. Why not use some discarded by the postman elastic bands instead? Love, Ian. Kissy face. I mean, why not just not do it? Yeah. You've got this far in your life without toe yoga. You don't need it now. But also, if you're having issues with your toes, the answer is probably what you thought it was originally, which is to have a larger toe box so your your toes can like splay out a bit more. You know that that's the answer. That is the answer to issues with your toes usually. <laughs> uh, Amy, just have a little click on that link there because we've got the um, the email that we received here, and it's amazing. It's got a great graphic of like kind of like a, an X-ray of a foot like in motion as it steps, and it's got like a normal shoe, and it's got like as the as the shoe go, as the foot goes down, hits the floor, and then like pushes off from the toe, the big toe like crosses right oh over God. to the second toe. I'm like, that's not that's not what toes do. Have, toes yeah. don't do that. And the idea that if you just do some toe yoga, your toes will be a- magically apart and not touch each other. Oh my God. 
It's really strange. Yep. That's the Germans for you. That's the Germans and their toes. You know what's worse than getting emails in German is getting emails in Icelandic. <laughs> Ever since I entered the... Is that worse? Yeah, because the, the, it is like... It's a bit like Welsh, you know? It's like somebody's just gone like... Woo, 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 like a cat what, has walked across... What, you the mean key. like it's a foreign language that you don't understand? It's just lots and lots... At least like... You know, we, we speak a Germanic language, so you can sort of see where the vowels are and stuff, and you can sort of guess. At some words, you could maybe guess what they're hinting at. Like, Welsh, Icelandic, no fucking clue. No fucking clue. I get I get these emails, and they're like a... You know, like a... They're like a Wi-Fi password, you know? <laughs> I love that you're doing that. It's a very English thing of getting angry about a language that you've made no effort to understand. <laughs> And you're blaming the language for that, not oh, yourself. Everyone speaks English in Iceland anyway, it's fine. <laughs> but I'll get these regularly and I'm like, obviously from the... Well, I don't know I don't know what these emails are about. I'm assuming there's something to do with running events in Reykjavik, I'm assuming. But who knows? They could be asking for money or all sorts. I have no Amy, idea. Amy, you just need to find out the Icelandic for unsubscribe and yeah, press that button. I know, I know, I know. But yeah, it's just long strings of letters that I don't understand. Yeah, that's what that's what languages are, Amy. That's what other languages are. So getting so annoyed about it. It's the bullshit it is. First up, um, there's a couple of places reporting how great it is that the Abbott's World Major Marathons are equalising the prize money for runners and wheelchair races. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, fifty grand. $50,000 for all the runners and wheelchair races from now on. Great idea. Uh, what they're not mentioning is the prize money for runners has been cut from 250000 And that's been cut from the original $1 million. So what? an event that used to give a $1 million to the winners now gives $50,000 to the winners. Each or across all winners? Each. Each? But they yeah. used to get... Hold on. This this race used to give a $1 million to the winners. Oh, no. I think, I think that's what I... I read a long read on this. I'm going to come into that. I think it was originally the plan was it would be a million dollars. They got around that by splitting that between the male and the female winner. Okay. So it was half a million. Then it was 250 grand. Now it's 50 grand. So they've like slashed the amount of prize money from like a life changing amount to like 50,000. Well, you know, that's a lot. But for the top runners in the world, not really a big deal, is it? So is it because they have one budget and basically by having more people win prize money, they've had to cut the budget for everyone? Just. I just, I think they're just cutting the budget, but they've tried to frame it. Like the two places I found reporting it the other day, basically just copy and pasted the press release mm. that said how great it was that they're equalizing the um, the prize money. Yeah. They didn't mention it had been slashed. Mm. Um, now this blog post I mentioned is from Tony Revis, and there's a link to this in the show notes, and it's all about the history of the majors and now how it's utterly baffling to explain and why no one outside of running nerds Give a shit about marathons. Mm. And the top runners in the world are basically anonymous. Again, I read something about this the other day. Like, what Elliot Kipchoge has done is, like, one of the most extraordinary things in sporting history. Mm. Outside of running, no one knows who he is. I mean, they probably saw on the news, oh, some guy ran a marathon record. Okay, sure, whatever. Like, but people don't understand how incredible it is. Like, people know about top footballers and they know about top sportsmen in all other fields. And they, you know, even if you don't know anything about sports, you know big names. But people do not give a shit. And and the thing is, runners don't really give a shit, I don't think, about marathon winners Mm. and, like, the the best in the world. Um, I don't want to kind of try and explain this too much. It's a really good article. It's a bit of a long read. 
but it's really fascinating history of the mages. And actually, you know, I didn't even realise the mages originally, the point of it was to be a marathon series that people would run all of them over the year and then you'd get an eventual winner of the marathon and that would be the best marathon runner in the world. I just assumed the marathon mages was put together to like con people out of money. Yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it does. But the fact I didn't know that I've been running for 10 years, more than 10 years. I didn't know that. Because I don't, I don't really give a shit. But it makes perfect sense. Why aren't runners household names? I saw an idea before from um, Ailish McCorgan, one of her BBC articles, and it had a huge float with the idea of like, why not have track and field teams? Because I know we've got clubs already that kind of compete against each other in a lot of ways. But why not have professional teams mm. of track and field runners? I know that's a fascinating idea. That would be really good, and so you could actually go and support your team. Mm. I think that things like that would be really interesting because it's yeah, running is in a weird place where it's opening to everyone, but it should be a massive sport worldwide mm. because again, it's that simplicity of how fast can this person run against that other person. Mm. It you know it should be so simple, and that should make it compelling in its simplicity. Mm. And, but it's and that, it's just not that thing around teams. That's what we do for the Olympics, you know. Yeah, and everyone loves the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one gives a shit about sailing. The Olympics on. Fucking yeah, I'll put some sailing on. Because mm, they're supporting you know, a team, stuff. you know? They're supporting Team GB or whatever on the, the worldwide stage. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, please definitely have, go and have a look at that. Um, it's in the show notes. We'll put it on our social media as well. It's a good long read, but very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. The middle story in today's shit sandwich is about Yvette Casales, who posts on Instagram about having to DNF at UTMB because her period popped up five days early. And she got the start of a bladder infection as well. Ooh. That is that is that is shit. That is shit. Yeah. Oh, I mean, as a lot of women can probably agree with, like having your period start during or just before a race can well it can stop some women racing. You know, some people, some women have yeah. to have like, and especially UTMB where she's put years in oh, to qualify for it as well. Yeah, oh. that that is the shittiest thing. You could do all the training in the world. And then if you're one of those people that has a really shit period, especially on like your first day, you could end up not even turning up at the start line. You could be that unwell. Just randomly five days early. Oh, God. What are the chances? Uh, being an ultra runner, she naturally just went for it, but found none <laughs> of the aid stations had sanitary products, which blows my mind. You're an aid station. You're providing aid. <laughs> you're providing aid. You know what? When I get off the train at Bristol Temple Meads, there are free period products in the fucking toilets you know why oh, wow. yeah it's quite good isn't it i thought that was really good, yeah, it's pretty good but too. like you know wherever you are like most women if you're near a public toilet even the ones that aren't free to put a bit of money and get your period products whatever this is an aid station she's in the middle of nowhere like surely people should think about this you know surely surely you're in the middle of nowhere you're an aid station you need to be ready to give fucking aid Ah, <laughs> luckily she managed to grab a tampon from one of the medical staff, but by 100 kilometres she was peeing blood and had nothing to help. So sadly it hit stop on her watch. Oh. oh God, that sucks. It does have a good ending though, as she runs, stepped in to support, and within a few days UTMB had pledged to provide sanitary products at their aid stations in future. You don't say no to Sophie Power. You do not fuck no, with Sophie Power. No. When she gets involved, no. you're in trouble. No, it just blows my mind how they hadn't thought about this, you know, from the yeah. from from the beginning. I mean, like I said, you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's part. It's not just about providing a Mars bar at these stations. They should actually be able to give other forms of aid as well, you know. 
Yeah, I, yeah, we have definitely talked about this before, and it's another one of those things. I know we can't, we do kind of ask a lot of uh, race and run directors uh, recently, but you know, as with non-binary entries, which we talked about before, that's a lovely thing to have, it's particularly at longer races. Period products yeah. are necessary, and you know what? You might never use them. It might, it might be a one-off expense that you take to lots of races during the year because they might not get used. Mm. So it's not a huge amount of money to be spending. No, and you could even like try and like the bigger races. Surely a big race like this can surely try and make like a partnership with one of the big companies or a smaller company yeah, to e- to either provide like a massive discount or get them for free. You know, it's just yeah, a- it's a relatively small outlay, and you could save someone's race. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just so good news. Well done, UTMB. Eventually, once people stepped in to, to get involved. Yeah, yeah. Don't fuck with the power. <laughs> uh, some the finish of the shitty stories today. There has been a load of drama, which I've been enjoying across Instagram, other social media, around Brighton Marathon, who have not paid the prize money to this year's winners or last year's winners. So <laughs> over a year... People have been asking for their prize money. Oh. And from what I can see, like, people are trying not to be a dick about it because, mm. you know, Brian Marathon, one guy said they asked him for his bank details. He, oh, yeah, great. That's that's a nice bonus. You know, people. I don't think people go into a race like this, you know, expecting money. They got the bank details. He just didn't hear anything else. Yeah. And then emailed, didn't get anything. And it's like, well, I have I have won that money. So it's £2,000. Like, it's a lot yeah, of money. Like, I don't want to be a dick know. about it, but <laughs> can I have my money, please? Yeah. Um, Alex Ramsey, who won this year's men's race, posted on Instagram that he's now taking Brighton Marathon to a small claims court for failing to pay him his two grand prize money. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love that. But it seems Grounded Events, which organised the Brighton Marathon, is over £1.2 million in yeah. debt. Yeah, And like looking at some of the articles I did, they've been in debt since about 2018 yeah. at least. And it's like, been By about the same amount. Yeah, well, it's been, it's, it was just under a million and it's just been increasing year on year, you know. <laughs> And so, you know, in theory, they're paying that, if they're paying that prize money, that's out of next year's entries because they haven't got any money. Yeah, I, and they're now, this, they're, they're clearly running at a loss and paying for next year's stuff, well, paying for last year's stuff out of next year's money. And like, it, it, come on, I'm, it has to stop at I'm some so point, isn't it? I'm so confused as well because I, I, Brighton Marathon's quite a big, it's quite a well-known big marathon. Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the big ones yeah. outside of London. I'd say like that Manchester, you know, Great North Run, obviously, mm. and Cardiff, probably like the biggest ones around I, off the top of my head, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. So I'm surprised that, I mean, oh. I don't know the, the financial situation of, of these races. Maybe London Marathon's also in debt. I, I have no idea how it works, but I was surprised they're in so much debt. And then I was surprised they just keep fucking up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, we've had mentioned them before because they've got a bit of a damaged reputation after the course was 568 metres too long last year. Yeah. So, technically, I mean, technically, the 2021 winner should get a bit more money because he had to run like half a K more. They they run an ultra, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, ultras don't get prize money, do they? Uh, That's probably why, yeah. When he goes to the small claims court, he'll be like, well, he he didn't win the Brighton Marathon. He won the Brighton Ultra, which isn't actually a race. Technically, we didn't say there was prize money for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't get what's going on with them because like, you know, yeah. they're, they're a big race. So why, is, why haven't they got their shit in order? Yeah, this one, it's only just kind of come into the news. I saw people talking about it online. They have, some people have been really on at them for ages about it. And it's only since the other day when um, these winners started to get involved. Because um, there's also things about some staff not being paid, some contracts not being paid. Um, and Grand Events had to put out a quick statement just to say, you know, we're doing the best we can. Basically, just a kind of a holding statement of, yes, we've seen the complaints, we're doing the best we can. And now it's starting to be picked up by some of the running kind of news outlets. Mm. 
But there's other things I've read as well. There seems to be locally quite a lot of bad feeling around this company as well. And there was, I've seen people say like from people that belong to Brighton running clubs are going to other cities to do marathons rather than that one. They're like they are deliberately avoiding it oh because they know, they could just know, it's one of those things you just know locally this event isn't a good event. Mm, mm. Well, it doesn't sound like it. I think it, you, people knew it locally and now the rest of the country knows it. The rest of the yeah, world. <laughs> I just love a little bit of drama. Oh, yes. Bit of Instagram drama. Yeah. So, Stuart, what have you got coming up next? Next week, I have the Infinity Running Loop race thing. Uh, that's um, it's the race we spoke about with Catherine a few weeks ago from Infinity. It's a loop race. It's a one-mile loop. Oh no, sorry, it's a one and a half mile loop and it kind of works out roughly like every two laps is 5k, something like that. And it's just one of those ones, I have no idea what I want to do. Do I want to do 10 miles or 20 or 30 miles? No idea, I'm just going to see on the day and see how far I can be asked to run in six hours. Just And otherwise, I'll just be sitting around having a cup of tea and a hot dog or something. Nice, you get to choose a medal at the end. And I get to, oh well, yeah, perhaps I should just do one lap and then just pick out the biggest medal. Yeah, 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 so you pick get Pick out the first. best medal. <laughs> Yeah, I pick out like a two hundred mile medal, and I can hang that up in the middle of all my others. Yeah. Oh, you've got to get you. Yeah, you've got to get the most random medal you can find. Absolutely, I'll, I'll do my very best. But <laughs> yeah, no idea what I want to do for that. But I'll find out. How about you? Well, I'm off on holiday next week. I'm off to Ugh. Geneva just for the week. Just jetting off to Switzerland for the weekend. Uh, so yeah, doing some running abroad, which I haven't done in. I was trying to think like the last time I ran abroad, but I don't think I've been abroad since mm. before the pandemic. So it would have been over two years ago, maybe coming up to three years now. So yeah, that would that would be nice. Do running in a different country. My calves will hurt in a different country. Oh, that's nice. Well, yeah, because you were going to do the Infinity Race, then immediately you realised you were going on holiday. Yeah. I did have a quick check, actually, and I did look to see if there were any local races in Geneva that weekend, but I couldn't find any. I was going to try and pressure you into them, but oh, I couldn't okay. find any, unfortunately. If you see a race, just join in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if there's a park run in Geneva. No, there isn't. Oh, what a sh- what a shame! Oh, otherwise you would have been right up. Yeah, for it. yeah, would have been right there at nine a.m. or whenever it starts. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store, and social medias. Goodbye. Bye. How many ultras did you just sign up for? Uh, six. <laughs> <laughs>